The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. And then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. And with those words that the Lord addresses to the Pharisees, and as St. Luke's Gospel interestingly puts it, their scribes, Jesus is calling the hearts of the pious to account for what they say they believe. Because on the one hand, what do we hear? The Lord is compassionate, kind, and merciful. But on the other hand, we hear, why are you spending time with sinners? Note the implication. To believe in the mercy of God is to believe that the Lord will draw near to the sinner. To believe that the Lord is ready to forgive requires belief that the Lord will not push the sinner away from him. This is the contradiction that the Pharisees don't realize is living in their hearts. On the one hand, they are celebrating the kindness of the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord, And yet, on the other hand, they understand it in an exclusionary way. It is a kindness and a mercy for me, but maybe not for you. It is a kindness and a mercy for some, but perhaps not for all. And so now note the Lord saying, by definition then, by definition, The one who needs me is the sinner, and I will draw near to him. But the Lord uses a curious example as he makes his point. The healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. And note the implication that sinfulness is in no small measure an illness an affliction that saps the health and the life out of the heart and out of the spirit. That forgiveness has an intrinsically healing character about it. This is an idea that is carried into the church's teaching about the sacraments, where among the sacraments of healing, 
is confession. And note how our understanding of that sacrament changes when we recognize it is not simply the sacrament that wipes the slate clean. It is a sacrament that affects a very real healing upon the spirit of the penitent who comes seeking that forgiveness. Sinfulness is in no small measure an affliction that we struggle with. And it is an affliction that wounds the heart. And the more the heart is given over to it, it is not simply a matter of the more wicked we become. It's a matter of how much more poisoned our lives become, how much more ill we become, how less capable we are of holding on to goodness, however much we may desire to, because our sickness weakened hands aren't strong enough to hold it. And it's in this context then, in Lent, on the Saturday after Ash Wednesday, which is the technical name for today, that we have this account of the call of Levi. And so note, on the one hand, Levi, also known as the Apostle Matthew, on the one hand, is called to discipleship. The Lord says, follow me. And yet, the immediate context in which we hear this reading today is not simply about discipleship. It is about the sick in heart coming to healing. And so we see the Lord moving, and his movement brings him to the customs post where Levi is working. Note that before the Lord sits and eats with the sinners in Levi's house, he draws near to Levi. Note as well, it is not Levi who seeks Jesus. It's Jesus who comes looking for him. Just like it's Jesus who comes looking for every one of you and for me before any of us ever considers making a move in his direction. That one who says, I will seek the Lord, does so because the Lord has already initiated something. It is the Lord who moves first every time. Because if the Lord waited for us, nothing would ever happen. The Lord moves and so Levi is in his customs booth, and Jesus meets him there. And on the one hand, we see that classic statement that was oftentimes little more than a pious cliche. Jesus meets us where we're at. But it is quite literally true here. Jesus goes to where the sinner is. And where does he find the sinner? Literally in the middle of his sinning. The unfaithful Israelite taking taxes for the foreign power and likely cheating those who are coming and skimming a little extra for himself. And so note, Levi is still at this job that cuts him off from the people. Jesus doesn't wait until he quits. Jesus meets him right there. Think about that for a moment. 
that the Lord is even willing to meet us in those most sin-afflicted, gone-wrong areas of our life, even before we give them up. That is absolutely remarkable. And so Jesus goes to Levi right there. Levi is counting the money. Levi is shaking people down. And it is into this man, in the middle of this activity, that Jesus says, follow me. And note, this is not simply a statement, come and be my disciple. It's follow me out of that. Let me lead you out. We often think, I've got to find my way out on my own. I've got to find my way back to God. And look at Jesus here. He finds the sinner. And he says, come with me. Let me lead you out of there. How wonderful that is. How wonderful that is. Why does Levi leave everything behind? Because Jesus is pulling him out of there. He doesn't do it on his own. He doesn't do it by himself. And Jesus doesn't leave him alone while he's doing it. The Lord is with him. And Matthew doesn't, Levi doesn't have to know the way out because Jesus does. And so he can follow the Lord out of all of this. And so note, on the one hand, Jesus meets him where he is, but then what does Jesus say? But where you are isn't all that good. So we're going to leave. And you're coming with me. Because Jesus doesn't meet us where we are to stay there. He meets us where we are to bring us someplace better. And so then we hear Matthew, Levi, leaves everything behind. And at first glance, that sounds like an amazing sacrifice until we recognize what all is he leaving behind. He's leaving his desk at the customs place. He's leaving the scales where he weighed out the coin. He's leaving his ledgers behind. He's leaving the implements of a sinful life behind him. And he's not taking any of that along with him because he's not going to need those things where he's going because those things don't do him any good. Our hearts sometimes struggle with that. The Lord says, follow me, and what do we say? Sure, Lord, let me just make sure I gather these things up with me and half of them do me no good. And so we stumble after the Lord and our hands are full and we're trying to hold on to things and so we're not free to move easily. Note what we see here, a willingness to let those dead things go and follow the Lord toward life. What a marvelous, what a marvelous accounting we have here in these few simple sentences. 
how instructive this is in the ways of grace and the ways of mercy. And interestingly enough, where's the first place Jesus leads Levi? Home. Jesus leads him home. Imagine that. You know, after, at some point today, we're all going to leave the property and we're all going to go home, aren't we? But how many of us are going to follow Jesus home? How many of us are going to let Jesus lead us home? Note how different that sounds. To go back where I live every day, but not because I'm bringing Jesus with me, but to let Jesus bring me back there. To let Jesus settle me in my home and in my family the right way. Note how different that is. Because it's never for me to give Jesus a place in my life. That's his job. Jesus is the one who settles me where I need to be. And so they go, and when they get home, what does he do? He celebrates the Lord. The sinner who has been forgiven, the one who was cut off, who is now with the Lord, celebrates having been forgiven. He celebrates the gift of mercy and he celebrates that gift with other sinners who likewise need mercy. And because he has been forgiven, note how now Jesus draws near to so many others. In calling Matthew, Levi, to himself, the Lord has quite literally opened the door to so many others who likewise need his mercy. And so note what we see. The call of Levi is not an exception. The call of Levi is not something out of the ordinary because the Lord has others he needs to reach to. Levi's not the only tax collector. Levi is not the only sinner. Levi is not the only one he has come seeking. Rather, he's come looking for all of them. All of the sick. All of the sin afflicted. All of those in need of mercy he has come, not for some, but for all. And note the beauty. The healing of one, the forgiving of one, opens the door to the healing and the forgiving of many. How wonderful that is. And consider what that means in our own lives. When we turn to the Lord seeking His grace, when we turn to the Lord seeking His mercy, do we rejoice when we receive it, or do we take it for granted? Do we recognize that even as my life is healed by the Lord, that opens the possibility of those who are near me, likewise beginning to experience the touch of his grace and his goodness? What a marvelous example we have in front of us here. The mysterious working of the heart of Christ. 
I haven't come to call the righteous to repentance, he says. I haven't come for the one who thinks he has nothing to say he's sorry for. I haven't come for the one who says I've got it all together. Oh, but I've come for that one who knows that he doesn't. I've come for that one who knows what regret is. I've come for that one who gets it wrong more often than he gets it right. Oh, I've come for him. Because that's the one who needs me. There's this odd tendency among us, even as we hear that, even as we speak about the Lord and the way he calls sinners, there's this odd halfway pharisaical tendency that can live in us. And not to the extent that we shove others away, but to the extent that we close ourselves off to grace, thinking, unless I'm already good, I can't draw near him. Unless I am already perfect, I can't approach. But note that that's not how it works. The Lord draws near. He wants us to respond and to follow him out of where we are. The goodness, even the perfection, that comes as we move with him, it doesn't come before. But sometimes we have this odd dynamic within us that says to the Lord, why are you wasting your time with sinners? Why are you wasting time with the sinfulness in me? And yet the Lord says, that's not wasting time. That's saving you. That's healing you. And that's why I've come. The righteousness inside of you is not what I've come to save, but that part of your life that is afflicted. Oh, I've come first for that. And so you follow me. And this is the Lord, this same Lord of glory, who this very day in this place, what is he going to do? He's going to eat with sinners, with us. How fortunate we are that the dynamic we see in Levi's house is what we experience as often as we gather in this house. We gather. And we don't gather here because we're already holy. We gather here because he's holy. And he calls us to himself. And note, just as he found Levi in his customs booth, he finds you here today, and he comes to you. When you stretch out your hands and you hear those words, the body of Christ, that's also Jesus saying to you, follow me. Follow me out of that dark corner that you, you go to. Follow me. Know that you don't have to do it alone because I am with you. You don't even need to know the way because I do. You follow me. What a great gift that is. And for most of us, where's the first place he's going to lead us? Home. Home. But when we follow the Lord back home, even home, especially home, is something different. Because the simple fact of the matter is, Jesus never comes that we take him home with us. Jesus comes to bring us home with him. He leads us back to our earthly homes 
as part of that great movement by which he will guide us to our eternal home. What a wonderful thing, because for every one of us, however off course we've been, that movement home begins again every time we gather here. Amen.